Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations, you know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. I heard something pretty um, encouraging this morning, and it was the assignment that God gives you is only for you. And I really, really liked hearing that, and I needed to hear that because sometimes, especially in the world of social media, it could feel like our lives are mundane in the market for anything you want to do is super saturated. If you want to be an author, there's a million authors. If you want to be a fitness influencer, there's a million fitness influencers. If you want to be a mommy blogger, well, there's 15,100 million mommy bloggers. Um, But the specific assignment that God gives you is yours. And no one else can do it but you. You are the only one who is going to reach the people you are supposed to reach. You are the only one who is going to impact the people you want to impact. I think when a lot of us think about the jobs we want to do or the people we want to be or the career aspirations or personal aspirations we have, at least for me, um, some of it is self is selfish. I'm not going to lie. Some of it is self-motivated, but a lot of it is also people motivated. I started this podcast, for instance, for one reason. I'm a hot mess mama. I'm talking about I strive and I really, really try to be put together, guys. I try really hard. I have a collection of blazers. That's how hard I try. But when I am rolling up to Target, rolling up to the park, hanging out, I'm kind of a scatterbrained mess of a situation. I'm really good at organizing things, making a list, making a to-do list, making a plan. But execution is where I have a hard time. I'm a much better delegator than I am performer. I said that in a previous podcast. Which is why when we had a housekeeper, it's like, this is what I want you to do. And she did it. And it was great. But if you say, if I give myself that same list, this is what I'm supposed to do. But I get too distracted. There's too many distractions. I start dishes. And then all of a sudden the baby's crying. Or, you know, I'm folding laundry. And then my toddler is destroying the laundry. So part of it's not my fault. Part of it's the state of motherhood I'm in. Um, When they're all nine years old and can go to their rooms and play, maybe I'll be able to get laundry done. But hey, there'll probably be another problem that I have. Um, But I started this podcast because I, this is just going off on a tangent. I, when I was pregnant with Mia and continuing on from there as a mom, I started looking for podcasts and things to listen to. Um, I listened to The Birth Hour. Um, There's a podcast, Mommies Tell All. But um, I like Coffee Convos podcast with Kale. Lowry and Lindsay Chrisley. It's like my number one podcast I'd listen to every week, but that's just because I'm, I'm a fan. Um, and even like Rachel Hollis's podcast I listen to. But I felt like, you know, everyone had it put together. Their makeup was pretty. 
you look at their Instagram, their hair is pretty, their makeup is pretty, their houses are pretty. There's not a shot of laundry. There's not a pile of dishes. For some reason, they have the ability to get dressed every day, to do their hair and makeup every day. But I don't. In fact, I'm stumbling around balancing toddler crafts, work, and not looking like a bridge troll. It's a hard thing to do and it's almost impossible. So when I started this podcast, I wanted it to be a place. And the reason why it's Christian Mom Uncensored is there is a huge faith element to this podcast. I am a Christian. I'm not going to lie about it. I love Jesus. Um, but the, the state of the uncensored part is there's this whole messy uncensored life that we all live, that we cover up on social media. So we cover up the laundry. We record in the one spot of our house that is clean for a pretty aesthetic. Um, We do all these things, but by doing those things and perpetuating these images, it's making other moms, including myself, feel inadequate and feel like, well, I can't get myself together. I can't get my house together. I can't get my life together. When in reality, most of us don't have it together. And in reality, I don't have it together. And so as I dive into topics of, you know, marriage and topics of mom's mental load and mental health, and we're talking about maybe, um, you know, sex and intimacy, we're talking about keeping a house and keeping a chore list and doing all these things. I wanted this podcast to be, you know, where us real mamas meet, right? Where us mamas who maybe left a waffle in the toaster for a day. I did that. It's kind of gross, right? But let me tell you what happened about this waffle. Last weekend, we had this huge little Easter event to go to through our church, right? So we had to be there, you know, we were going to try to be there at 930. That is very early for a Saturday morning for us. Um, So that meant that, you know, I was going to be up at the latest 630 and I needed Mia to be up by eight o'clock so we could leave by nine o'clock. I needed my husband to be up really at seven, but he, I was like, he's not going to do that. So he's going to get up at eight when Mia wakes up, whatever. But I knew I had to, and we were going to be out the house all day long, like going from this church event to my mom's house, from my mom's house to my grandma's house, all outdoors, all socially distanced, all safe, all masked, all the good things, right? But we're going to go hopping from all these places. And I have a two-year-old and I have a five-month-old. That means diapers. That means extra outfits. That means teething toys because he's kind of teething. Um, That means, you know, Mia has to have a couple of snacks in case she gets hungry. She should have a backup outfit in case she gets dirty. And I didn't tell you guys about this whole event. It was on a hot mess. So I wake up in the morning. I'm making breakfast. I made, you know, some turkey bacon in the air fryer. I scrambled some eggs. And I was going to give me a waffle and some strawberries and yogurt. And that was going to be her breakfast. Good breakfast to start the day. Two-year-olds don't like it when you make them anything. So I don't know why I wasted my time doing that every morning. But I just, I continue to decide to waste food, energy, time, and sanity making my toddler meals. When really, you know, you give them goldfish, they'll survive. For some reason, I haven't accepted that concept and I continue to try to make all of these really great meals. And I think it's because when I grew up, my mom always made us a good breakfast, a hot breakfast. Um, you know, lunch might have been cold, like a sandwich or something, and then a really good dinner. So I tried to do that in my household. It, it's not working out, guys. I'm wasting a lot of energy. Nobody's eating these meals but me. So I don't know why I'm doing it. But um, so... I made me a waffle. She didn't want it. 
whatever. We have mini pancakes. Made her some mini pancakes. Um, the waffle she did not want stayed in the toaster. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get you waffle. She's like throwing a fit. I don't want a waffle. I want pancakes and syrup. Oh, pancakes and syrup. We don't have time for this. You have to eat something. So I go to make pancakes, give her the pancakes. I'm like, oh, looking at the time. Oh shoot. I, I'm not dressed yet. I'm running, go get dressed while I'm up there. I'm grabbing Mia's outfit. Everything was laid out, but it was all upstairs. So, um, I didn't want her to eat before she got dressed because I mean, dressed before she got we get dressed before she ate because syrup was going to end up all over her shirt and we had matching pink shirts that said barbie on them and it was going to be really cute so anyway long story short i'm running around and i left a waffle in the toaster because then we left and then when i came downstairs the next morning to make you know breakfast again and i go you know what we're not going to make waffles today i'm just going to make some toast there's a waffle in my toaster and then i threw it away Long story short, short, I'm a hot mess. The moms on Instagram would have never left a waffle in the toaster overnight. Me, happens to me all the time. Um, it wasn't there for like five days though. So I can say I'm winning in that aspect. Like I would notice it because every day I'm using the toaster. Anyway, I forgot what I was originally talking about. But yes, yeah, so that's the point of this podcast. And okay, so the assignment that God gives you is the only one that's meant for you. I love you guys who are my podcast listeners. I love that you guys tune in. I hope you guys get something, whether it's a laugh, whether it's a relatability, whether, you know, it's a resource. I hope that you get something out of this podcast, right? And because I'm a hot mess, you know, I'm the only, I'm not the only, you know, podcaster that's a hot mess, but you know, there's some different circumstances. I'm not an influencer. Um, I'm a working mom. I have a biracial family. And so like, there's different things you're going to get from different people. I'm saying all this to use the podcast as an example is maybe your assignment is maybe you're a teacher and that's your life's work. You are the only one who is going to impact the students you have on the day you're teaching them, at the time you're teaching them, for the year you're teaching them. And you never know what that impact is going to be. So I think we all are given God-given assignments, talents, careers, and we're placed in them because we are meant to be there, right? And um, if it's a desire on your heart, a business you want to start, you're the only one who can execute the idea that's in your head. And even if there's other kids' clothing lines, even if there's other kids' baby food companies, even if there are other teachers in the world, even if there are a million YouTubers or people who are like, you know, doing DIY crafts, you are the only one who has the idea to do it in your head, who has the way to do it the way, you know, that you think you want to do it. Um, I don't know if that made sense, but you're the only one who can execute the ideas that you have. So when the market is saturated, a lot of us get scared. Oh, why would I try to make a kid's clothing line? Why would I try to start a podcast? Why would I decide to be a teacher? Why would I do all these things, right? Well, you having the desire to do it the passion to do it, the dream to do it, you are going to reach the people you're supposed to reach. You're going to impact the people you are supposed to impact. What's meant for you cannot be taken away. And you never know what, how much is meant for you or what is meant for you. That's not to say that we all have business ideas that fail. I talked about MLMs in a previous episode. I did Mary Kay. 
Now, I could potentially be very good at Mary Kay or any kind of sales company if I put my heart into it. Was my heart into Mary Kay? No. I mean, do I like the products? Yes, there are products I like. There are products I still use. And Mary Kay is kind of outdated, not trendy right now. But, and it's definitely not with like, if we're talking about Gen Z and millennials. But for me, you know, there are some products I do like and that I would use and that I would recommend if people, you know, have questions about certain skincare. But what, am I passionate about skincare? No, honestly, I don't, I, I have a routine that I started because I'm 28 and I really need to have a good skincare routine at this age so that I can continue to have healthy skin for a lifetime. And that's great. But do I want to shout it from the rooftops to everyone? No, it felt more like a chore. So I knew like, okay, yeah, I had this ambition because I wanted a pink car and I wanted to make extra money and I wanted to work for myself. And I was like, this is a great revenue, good avenue. But if you're not passionate about that work, if you're not going to put in the work to work, it's going to fail. So in a sense, that was my failed business. I have a failed Mary Kay business. I am not nearly as passionate about that as I am about podcasting. So anyway, I just wanted to say, just wanted to say that Elliot's been sleeping on me. He's waking up. Say hi. Summer is approaching us and I don't know about you guys, but it was sunny and 75 yesterday where I live and it was like a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous day. Um, But with summer comes a whole host of decisions to make problems to solve and, you know, feelings to deal with. I don't know about you guys, but I go through this period where I look rough. And I mean, like, I will get my hair done maybe like once a month, I'll go to the salon. Maybe once every six weeks, I'll go to the salon. So for a good four weeks, I look okay. My hair's okay. You know, I'm freshly groomed and manicured, but then there's like this two to three week period where, all right, it's time to get my hair done again. I definitely need my nails done. My eyebrows look crazy and I'm in that period right now and it's like an uh, an uncomfortable place to be. And I was looking at pictures of myself just that I've taken within the last week or so. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my skin doesn't look that great right now. Um, I don't know what's going on. Like I want my teeth to be wider. Like there's like some beauty things I want to address. And it's so obnoxious, the like pressure we put on ourselves to look good. But I know that when I look good, I feel good. And when I feel good, I do good. And when I do good, the world's happy. So I just want to encourage you mamas that as summer comes, it's time to show our legs again and, you know, be out in the world. That means I have to look approachable. And I scheduled a hair appointment because Mia starts soccer next week. And I don't want to look like crazy showing up to the soccer field. I'm already going to be like carrying two kids and five bags and a picnic blanket. So that's already a hot mess as it is. I at least want to be put together. And I was going through my closet this week, kind of folding laundry and started just bagging stuff to throw away because like you every so often you should just redo your wardrobe. I'm a firm believer in it. It's okay to keep some staples pieces like, okay, this is a cute sweatshirt. It's classic. I'll wear it again next fall. That's fine to keep that. Like this is a good solid black, white or t-shirt. I'll keep it. But occasionally you do need to kind of change and upgrade your looks. And I was looking at some things I have 
I still think they're cute. I just don't think they are, you know, my style now. It's definitely different now that I'm a mom. And the fact that my body, like after Mia, I won't say that it snapped back, but it looked like my stomach at least looked a lot prettier than it does now. And um, I'm like trying to navigate that. And something I'm struggling with right now is figuring out when I have time to exercise because it just dawned on me that summer's coming. And um, I don't want to look like a muffin for summer. Nothing wrong with muffins. I enjoy a good blueberry one, but I don't want to be one this summer. Um, And there's just so many pressures from like motherhood and just being a woman and being a girl and doing all these things that, you know, I get kind of frustrated with it, mom Instagram and even mom talk, which is like mom TikTok, because there's all these moms like working out with their smoothies and I'll have a smoothie daily at lunch with collagen and greens and all of the good stuff because it's good for you. Good for, you know, for me, you know, good for my skin and hair and all of that. But do I have time to exercise daily? No. Do I have time to exercise weekly? Barely. And so I started making a schedule so that I can at least exercise, you know, four times a week. Realistically, it might happen twice, but like during the work week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at lunchtime, I'm going to exercise. On the weekends, I can exercise on both Saturday and Sunday. And boom, those are my four days of the week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, Fridays for fun, friends, and food. Mondays are always hard, and Wednesdays are just the middle of the week. So I don't want to have to exercise then. But, you know, Mondays, I mean, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, I can. And even if you are somebody whose schedule is really busy, your kids are at home, you don't really have a break, your partner doesn't really have a break until the weekend, even just exercising twice a week is an accomplishment. Because it also depends on the kind of work you're into. So right now I'm doing an office job. I do sit a lot during the day. However, because I'm a mom, if I wear my Fitbit, I still meet my steps because that's how money that's how much you you do when you're a mom. So I am sitting for, you know, 20 30 minutes working on something, but then Mia wants a snack or then Elliot starts fussing or now I need to change my clothes or now someone needs a diaper. So the good thing about having my kids home and being home is if I was in the office, I might literally be sitting for seven hours a day. But because I'm home, I'm still getting up. And if your kids are older and if you really do have the time to just sit for hours and hours on end when working, having a Fitbit or even your phone, just have it a reminder every 30 minutes or even every hour to get up and walk is going to be good for you. Um, this summer, it's not about being skinny. It's not about being like a perfect size. It's about feeling good. And I do believe like I'm going to look the biggest and the, you know, except for when I was pregnant last summer. But outside of being pregnant, I'm probably going to look, you know, the biggest. I mean, everything's bigger now. My butt, my boobs, my body, like everything. And um, 
just embracing that, accepting that. And the one thing I hate the most about body image or having poor body image is when you look back on a picture and you don't like it. Or when you look back at a picture from a time and you remember that whole day you felt insecure. I hate that. I really hate that. I hate when it's like, I remember that one time I went to the beach with my best friends, but I also remember the whole time I was uncomfortable and I thought everyone was prettier than me and I was really just smiling through the pain. I hate that. So I'm trying to get rid of those like negative feelings and also like, I don't care. I don't care if I look like a model or not. I don't care if, you know, I'm a size two or whatever. I don't care about all that. What I care about is having a really fun summer with my kids. And when I look at the pictures, I want to just remember like laughing and having fun. And um, Elliot's first trip to the beach and Mia's first real trip to the beach. We've been to some rinky dinks since she's been born and we're going to the real beach this summer. So I'm excited for that. Um, But yeah, summer just brings so many things. Um, Questions about like going places and traveling and is it safe when ultimately whenever you travel whenever you leave your home you are exposing yourself and putting you and your family at risk for getting COVID I don't want to give you anxiety if you use sanitizer if you socially distance and you wear a mask you most likely will not get it just make sure you're doing those things and that's why I feel comfortable traveling because um Everyone is making sure everything is super clean because they want their reputation to hold. So if you're going to a hotel, I always try to go to like a nicer one. I'm not going to the Holiday Inn or the Garden Suites or what Hampton Inn is. I don't know. Those random hotels. I do not like those. I do not do that. I can't. I can't handle them. It's just something that's wrong with me that like I'm very particular about where I lay my head to rest. I'm very particular about where my babies lay their head to rest. Um, so just make sure you're just booking somewhere that's, you know, nice enough that they're going to for sure be doing everything right, well, and correct. And then I'm also not flying anywhere. So we are driving, you know, it'll take us eight hours to get to Myrtle Beach, but that means we're literally going from our car to the beach, like to our, the place. And we're driving in the evening. So the kids will be sleeping. If we stop, you know, we'll be careful when we stop and all of that. But really only planning on stopping once. We might not even have to do that. Um, because we've dro- we've gone eight hours straight from when we went to Florida. It took us like 16 hours, I think, to get there. And we stopped actually a bunch because I was pregnant. But if it weren't for me, we could have kept going. Um, yeah, so summer is coming. And those are just some of my concerns with summer is I want to feel cute and not like flumpy, like not like frumpy, you know, I don't know if you moms can relate to it that just like, like a fromp, like I don't want to feel that. Um, and I saw this TikToker that I really liked on TikTok because she was showing her body, her post baby body, and it looks real. It looks like mine. It looks a little different because everyone's different, but it's just a real postpartum like her baby is like nine months old like her body's still you know we all still have the baby thing going on and it's just reality you should never feel insecure when you've grown a human and I used to feel like and now I feel like this body has two babies y'all do you see how smart this little girl is do you see how handsome and sweet and like joyful this little boy is yeah I grew those and I birthed them by myself Well, okay, not by myself, but you know what I mean. 
Um, so give yourself grace in the summer if you're not like, if you feel like you're not summer ready, because all of a sudden I realized it was like almost 80 degrees here. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't exercised since I don't know when. Um, and I want to start really getting into exercise. And so here are some of my ideas for exercising at home. My first idea I'll let you know how it goes next week. So one, I like to do fitness Marshall. He uh, he's one of my favorite influencers. He does these cool like um workouts, all dance related. They're pretty. They can be pretty intense, and you can burn a lot of calories dancing. It's a lot of fun. Mia likes the videos. So in the evening or even at lunchtime, I can throw on a thirty minutes of him and burn some calories, and then you know every so often do some ab work. So my first idea is to do fitness marshal, you know, as often as I can. Um, That's like my fun workout. My second idea is on days when it's nice outside and Mia wants to play outside to run around my yard. I have a decent sized yard. It's fenced in. If I did like six laps around my yard, I'm going to actually do it and see how many laps take up it takes to get to get to a mile. It takes to get to a mile because then I can like have the kids down like if the kids have to be with me, if you have a backyard, you can do this too. Where Mia's playing, our yard is fenced in. It's big enough that I can see the whole yard while I'm running it. Like nothing bad can really happen. And Elliot can be sitting in his chair underneath the shade. And I can like between every wrap, lap, like, you know, stop, check on him, hand him his toy. And like Mia can play and she'll probably chase me while I'm running. So that's an idea to like get because I've been wanting to go for a run, but it's like I'd have to get up early. And even if I get up early, I still have the baby. Um, my husband usually sleeps in later. And then I can't really leave the baby because he will never, he will inevitably wake up. And Ethan is not going to be ready to get up. So anyway, that's how I figured out how to run. There is a track next to my house. And so, you know, once a week, the goal is in the evening to go ahead and walk it with my whole family. Um, And that way, we're all getting some exercise. So my ideas are to run around my backyard, to do fitness, Marshall, and to, um, walk the track. And the reason why I'm I'm saying these are my ideas is because they're free. I signed up with Beachbody On Demand for a whole entire year. The whole year I was pregnant last year. And I did the workouts a good handful of times, like maybe 20 times, but I paid for the whole year. So out of 365 days in that year, I did it 20 times. That's nothing. And so I have like a coach and everything and I love her and she's sweet. And it's like, listen, realistically speaking, I can't figure out how to get it onto my TV. I'm not going to do this workout on my phone. I'm not going to do this workout using the iPad or a computer. I want it on my TV. If I can't just pull it up like a streaming service, like if I can't pull it up like Disney Plus or Netflix, then I'm not doing it or YouTube. So that's why I said fitness marshals because fitness marshals. (laughs) I'm thinking about shopping at Marshall's um, later today. But I like the fitness Marshall because his videos are free and they're on YouTube. And you can even Google, not Google, but in YouTube search like Zumba dance workout 
um, they're not the coolest, like top trainers or anything like that, but it's exercise is exercise. You know what I mean? And so I'll let you know how I do next week when I start this journey. Now I don't have notice that I'm having a pretty healthy journey. I don't have a specific weight loss goal. I don't have inches. I don't have pounds. If you because if I operate like that, I'll become obsessive. What I'm doing is just trying to be more active, be healthy, and I'm changing my diet a little bit, but not a whole lot because I don't eat really poorly. I'm just switching it so I'm eating more protein than I am carbs. And that was like my gestational diabetes kind of diet. I'm following it similarly, except for instead of eliminating the carbs to like such a dramatic extent. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to eat more protein than carbs, get my vegetables in, um, and call it a day. So I will let you know how that goes, um, and how I'm feeling with everything. I'm already back to my pre baby weight and size. It's just for me about like, and I only know my weight cause I, I got um, when I had a doctor's appointment, I had to like tell them my weight, like they had to check it. I don't know why I can't talk guys. It's like four in the afternoon. I don't record in the afternoon and this is why. Um, but anyway, um, I'm saying all this because I want you to know that that's my plan. It's not about pounds. It's not about inches. It's about feeling. And if I feel pretty and I feel good, then great. The other thing I'm going to do for the first time in my life is I've decided to keep working and I told you guys that. If I'm going to do that, then I'm going to get my nails done twice a month because I realized that it is hard when you're at home with your kids to stop and do any beauty routine. I could get up before them and do makeup. I can get up with them and do makeup, but I don't have time to do my nails every week. So if I get a good gel manicure twice a month, that's one way that'll help me feel good. I feel good when my nails and my eyebrows and my skin looks good. I'm not a huge, huge makeup wearer. I do like coverage, um, but I for sure like it when my nails and stuff look good. So I'm going to treat myself to that and just hope that that helps me feel good this summer. I want to switch gears for a little bit because I think we can all relate to COVID and quarantine and momming. So since COVID has started, obviously I haven't gone anywhere or done anything. And as an extrovert, that's very hard for me to do. Um, last East, last weekend was Easter and it was actually a great weekend. Um, we had people over, it was safe, and it was nice to, to hang out and chat. It was an exhausting weekend, though, and um, it was a good time, and I'm thankful for that, um, but I'm starting to lose my mind not traveling, and I think as people get vaccines and as the weather gets warmer, I've been listening to and seeing all over social media um, people going away for spring break and people, you know, traveling to go to the beach and doing things like that and doing so safely. And I don't know if you guys can all relate, 
but I'm just having a hard time figuring out this COVID thing. Okay, so here's the reality. COVID is still here. The pandemic is still in effect. Not everyone is fully vaccinated yet, and not everyone will be fully vaccinated for a while, myself included. Um, and even though we are fully vaccinated, it doesn't mean all of a sudden we're all safe. And so I'm having a hard time figuring out what the best thing to do is. And, and there are there are examples in life and in motherhood where you have to choose the unhealthy route for your mental sanity. So for instance, if it's a night where you have done everything you can and you're at your wit's end and you cannot, and I mean cannot walk into that kitchen and cook dinner, so you go pick up Chick-fil-A or order a pizza, that's not a bad thing. Like, yes, it's not the most healthy food in the world, but does it save your sanity for the evening? Yes. And there have been many nights where I've said and I've looked and I and I go, you know, I've done everything I can. I have done crafts. I have worked my shift. I have folded laundry. I have done the dishes. And I look at the house and somehow it's still a mess. Somehow I have cleaned all day. But my house does not reflect that. And it's because you when you have children and you have toddlers, or even three-year-olds. I don't think three-year-olds are toddlers anymore. I, can, I don't know what they are, like baby kids. They go behind all the things you're cleaning and just destroy it. It's like, I just put away all of your baby dolls, but now there's Legos everywhere. And part of it is teaching them accountability of before you take out one toy, clean out another toy. It's a whole cycle. It's a whole crazy cycle. And then as moms... I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I feel like I'm losing it. And I was even, I was at the hair salon the other day and I feel safe and comfortable going there because who I see, she's amazing. Um, and she knows that I have a baby at home. So when she schedules me, we schedule it. So no one else is there. It is literally just my hairstylist and me. No one is sitting around waiting to get done. No one is coming in and out. It's literally just us two. And so I feel safe. I feel comfortable. And she is fully vaccinated. She has taken a lot of precautions. She takes care of her um, older um, mother and father-in-law. Like they're they're like much older. And so she is being super careful. And so I feel I feel safe, you know, to some degree. And I was struggling this week because I wanted and, and still want to go get my nails done. I haven't had them done in over a year. And I was telling Ethan, and he's like, go. And then I start going through, like, this whole, like, crazy panic. Not, like, like just this whole mental, like, checklist. Okay, okay, like, so I'm going to go sit in a chair. I don't know who sat there. I don't know if they've cleaned the chairs between seats. I'm going to sit and, you know, get a pedicure, which is, I need a pedicure more than a manicure because, you know, my nails are fine. Um, I'm going to sit in this bowl and they're going to like touch my hands. And they're going to touch my nails and they've touched other people's hands and other people's nails. And it's just this whole cycle of, you know, if I get sick, we're screwed. You know, like when a mom gets sick, the house falls. Like, like we are basically the captains of the ship, right? And if the captain can't steer the ship, the ship is going to crash. <laughs> and so 
most of my life I've spent trying to prevent myself as well as everyone around me from getting sick because it's absolutely hell when someone in the house is sick. It's absolutely hell, especially with with babies because then there's just like and COVID, there's just like a like a hyper hyper awareness and like hyper you're like hyper alarmed or something. Anyway, so I'm really over this pandemic and I'm really over COVID because mentally I'm just tired of thinking about all these things. You know how I just went on and said, like, I don't know how I feel about COVID. Well, I did book a vacation with my mom, but hear me out, hear me out. Um, it's, it's like a three hour drive. So we're going to literally get in the car and drive straight there. We're going to drive during nap time, which is usually two and a half hours anyway. And we'll leave again during nap time to come home. So I am vacationing this summer because I think I will lose my mind. And I know a lot of us have had a hard time with quarantine, but I think us extroverts are hit a little extra hard because we like to be an extrovert means that we get our energy we feed off of other people you know and then introverts like you know like their solitude so my husband's an introvert he can stay home he's an introvert and a homebody so he is like double whammy happy to be home where I am an extrovert and I am not a homebody I always like to lay my head in my own bed so, like, I don't necessarily like sleeping over people's houses and things because I just would prefer to be at home. But I do like to be around people. So I do tend to have people over to my home a lot. And um, I do love to go out. And I think yesterday, this past weekend, actually, I was I was literally just going stir crazy because I haven't left the house to do anything that wasn't, like, a necessity, like, I, to get my hair done, I, I consider that a necessity. <laughs> so, like, besides that, and it, it's still work. It's still get up early, get Elliot ready, pack his food, you know, drive there. And um, so we went and walked around the mall near us. And it's actually, like, a half-dead mall, which is nice because there wasn't many people there. Um, and we went to Dick's to get Mia some stuff because she starts soccer. And I know, okay, so Mia is only two years old. She's really almost three. She'll be three in July. And so soccer at this age is probably going to be really funny to watch. And it isn't going to be much of anything. And I think about when I was a kid, and I don't know if anybody can really... I tried a lot of activities I didn't stick with. There was only a couple I did end up sticking with. And I think my mom was smart because she wouldn't go hard on getting all, me all the things for the activity till I was in it. And then once I started working as a teenager, I kind of funded my own activities. Like I paid for my own private gymnastics coach and my own leotards. And um, theater doesn't really cost anything to do. And so... Um, but I can remember growing up, I did gymnastics for, as a kid for a little bit, like a little kid, like at five or six, and then I stopped and then I wanted to do dance. I wanted to do ballet, but then I hated ballet. So I stopped. And so I did swimming lessons religiously, like love to swim. I'm a pretty strong swimmer because of it, 
And um, I'm thinking about how Mia, who's like only two, but really almost three, is going to soccer. And I'm like, all right, we got to get her like some Nikes. I don't buy my kids. Here's the here's the, the practical side of me. I am very much a shopper. I'm asked my husband. I'm very much a shopper. It's in my DNA. But when it comes to my kids, I'm pretty practical. Well, okay, I do spend a good amount of money on toys and crafts. But aside from that, when it comes to clothes and shoes, I'm not dumb. I don't care what brand of clothes they're wearing, as long as it's not weird. Um, I typically shop at Target and Old Navy for them and Carter's as well. Um, Old Navy because their sizes run kind of big. So when I buy it, it's usually, even if it's their size. So for instance, Mia is a true 4T. If I were to buy her a 4T in most places, she's tall, but she's thin. She's fits it. And she wore a 4T last summer. She was a 3T half the summer. And then as the summer went on, like some of her shorts were getting a little short. So I bought her 4T, but she can still fit some 4T shorts. Some 4T shorts are still a little bit big on her. Um, but only the ones from Old Navy are big on her. So that's why I like Old Navy. Same for Elliot. He has just always been a big baby. Like he's always grown out of baby clothes fast. He is, he will be six months, um, in about a week In about a week. And, um, he is in 12 month clothes right now. And I remember when he was little, him going and growing and growing and growing and being upset. He's still really little. He's only six months. Being upset that he didn't stay in like three to six months longer, um, the sizes. And he's already in 12 months. And we guys kind of know that baby clothes stop at 24 months and then it gets to like toddler clothes. So like no more onesies. And I feel like onesies are essential when you're a baby, so Elliot's at the age where he's like on his tummy, he's rolling, he's kind of scooting. Onesies are good because like t-shirts roll up, but a onesie will kind of like stay on. So I can put him in onesie and pants and he can scoot around the floor and I'm not like worried about rug burn or something like that. Anyway, I'm going off on this long side tangent about baby clothes. But anyway, I kind of went hard for soccer. Like, all right, we're going to get you a cool, like a good you know, semi-expensive soccer ball and like five cute soccer outfits. I think I actually only bought three. Soccer's only on Saturdays once a week. So there's no reason to buy like more than literally like two, but I bought like maybe three or four. Oh, I bought her four outfits that are kind of athletic for soccer Saturdays. And I'm like into it because it's our first time as parents doing like an organized activity. And I'm really, really excited. And um, I even like planned what I'm going to wear to our first soccer practice, which sounds kind of lame. But here's the thing. Here's the reality of my life. I have been cooped up in this house for a year. I have a circle of mom friends that are in my mom group. And one or two of them I'm close with. Everyone else, obviously, I'm cool with. They're in mom group. But I don't see or talk to them on a daily basis or even a weekly basis because we haven't really been able to do mom group because of COVID and because the weather just hasn't been warm enough for us to meet at the park. And now as the weather gets warmer, I'm actually going to try to start up mom group again starting next week. Um, trying to figure out days and times that work for everyone where we can meet outside at a park. Um, either like a 
you know, Sunday morning after church, Saturday afternoon after naps, and see when works for people. Um, and then to see, like, I will go every week for the first month or so, and then see if people show up every week, or if I need to do it every other week, or something like that. I know once summer hits, um, people get busy, but... The point is, I have not been in a place because Mia has never gone to school. And when she went to daycare, like when she was one, um, she would get her dad would drop her off. So I never saw any other kids at drop offs. And I pick her up at 230, like 245 was like when I picked her up every day. And most parents weren't off of work till five or six. But my schedule was flexible enough that I could start at six and end at two 30 and like her, her daycare was like five minutes from my job. So by the time I got to the parking lot, got to my car and drove, it took me like 10 minutes. So by two 45, I was picking her up, but no other parents ever picked her up. So it wasn't like I ever interacted with other parents. And then there are parents at church that I kind of talk to and I'm working towards hanging out with, but it's kind of like a slow process, right? Like, hi, I see you when I come, which isn't every week because of COVID. Um, Once it's outside, I'll be more inclined to go every week um, past the cicadas. So it's not going to be till like summer when I can like see and talk to these parents every week. Anyway, I'm saying all this because me taking Mia to, to soccer practice feels like it's a chance for me to be friends with other parents that have kids around the same age. So it's like three to six years old is about the age range. It's actually two to six, but I assume most kids will be like three to six. And so I'm excited and I want to make friends and I'm like nervous because I don't know how to make adult friends or anything, but I tend to be pretty, like when I see people out, I tend to chat a little bit, so I'll be fine. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Is this like social anxiety? Because even at the park, like I will take Mia to the park, right? And there'll be other kids and other moms. And I'm not sure if I'm like coming off as a hot mess or if I'm coming off as a helicopter or I don't know, but I'm just kind of watching. And sometimes there's bigger kids and Mia is still only three. So if there's like nine and 10 year olds stomping around the park, no offense if you have a nine or 10 year old, I'm just kind of like, watch out for my kid. Like she's little. Anyway, like one time this little boy was chasing her around and like pretending to be a dinosaur and she loved it, but then she got scared. And I was like, okay, you better stop scaring my kid. (sighs) Anyway, so I bought her all these things because one, I'm excited to like have something to do every week, like a place to go to. Like every Saturday morning, we're getting up, we're having breakfast, have a little snack, go to soccer practice, hang out at the park and hopefully like make friends so like I'm hoping she makes friends because she only has the friends from mom group and I don't see them often enough for her to get that social interaction with other kids so I'm really excited for soccer because I feel like kids really do need to socialize with other kids and I've been thinking lately about when I used to nanny, I nannied a three-year-old and a five-year-old and they weren't, well, the five-year-old was in school, but I nannied them for a summer. And, um, I was just thinking like, at least they had each other to interact with where Mia doesn't really have anyone. So it's been a long time since she's regularly interacted with other kids and she's starting preschool in the fall because of that. Literally the social aspect is the only reason I'm sending her to preschool. 
because I could prep her at home, like, smart-wise. Like, she's pretty smart already. Um, and she knows a lot already, but it's just, she needs to get into the routine of, all right, we wake up, we get dressed, we eat breakfast, go to school, you know, she only goes three days a week till noon. She will only go three days a week till noon, but I want her to, I don't know, interact with other kids. And I, for those who homeschool, I, I love you. I, I totally commend you and I've considered it. But for preschool and for ages like this, I just feel like with the pandemic, for me and my family, especially for Mia, who's a social butterfly, like she is not shy. Like if she sees another kid, she's like, who is she? And she has to go meet them. Um, especially if it's another little girl. Um, it's just important for her to get into to school. It really is. And anyway, I went on this whole side tangent just because I was buying. Anyway, there's a lot of things going on in my life, but, uh, I booked, I booked a vacation. Mia starts soccer and she's going to school. You know what I realized? I realized that in America, we're really underdeveloped, not undeveloped. I mean, we just aren't at the stage that a lot of our allies and like comrades are um when it comes to the healthcare system i think we all know this i'm not going to get into it but i was just seeing how there's a mom on tiktok who said like her she had a baby in in the states and she had a baby in germany and in germany they like really took care of her um they gave her lots of pain meds someone was there all the time to help make sure she was healing and feeding her and then even when she get got home um like she didn't have to pay to have her baby so she wasn't paying thousands of dollars to you know give birth and they had pretty much a postpartum doula come to clean and to help around the house and also just to make sure she was okay and she knew what she was doing and we don't have any of that in America in fact it's very expensive to give birth and it's kind of like a disgusting view of our healthcare system and like the profit that stands that, you know, it stands to make based off of anything that happens to somebody. Um, people shouldn't pay because they're sick. You know, I mean, I mean, like, come on, I'm thinking about sick people having to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for medicine to live. You shouldn't have to pay to live. We already pay taxes to live. Um, I'm not going to get into it. It can get pretty political. But aside from that, I was also thinking about the concept of it takes a village and how not enough people have or use a village and how um, I've seen so many positive things on in on social media, you know, on moms, moms on TikTok and moms on Instagram and how it's like everyone's a mess and crying so it's like normalizing that it's hard it's normalizing your postpartum body it's normalizing having chick-fil-a for dinner like a lot of things are there's such a positive movement in the motherhood section of social media i know there's lots of negative people as well but a lot of people are saying i don't have time for your negativity this is real life and um just thinking about the way society is and the way things work now and how how so often many moms are working um the it takes a village mentality just isn't being utilized enough 
to make life easier. Because if it really, if we really were in a village, if one mom was a good gatherer or was a good hunter, there were other moms to watch all of the kids together and all of the kids could play together and learn together. And now we're just expected to take care of a million tasks and our kids and our kids are kind of isolated also because COVID. Anyway, I was just thinking about the whole village mentality and I have a great village. Um, I really do. They do help me out at least once or twice a week. I will ask, you know, if my Mia, if Mia can go to my grandmother's or my mom will, you know, pop by or something like that. But I have never, I feel like I still haven't utilized my village to the extent that's been super helpful for my mental health. Um, Maybe when Elliot was first born, you know, and my mom came over and would like kind of like do the dishes and hang out with Mia and bring food like that was really helpful. Um, But now that he's six months old and it's kind of like back to the grind. I don't know. I just think of moms who work and who are having to leave the house right now. I remember how hard that was. In fact, I refuse to go back to that. I remember how hard that was and the sacrifice you feel like, you know, one, you're, you're providing for your family, but then you feel like you're not providing enough for your child because you're not there eight hours a day. And I can say based off of me, like she thrived, she, she throw like she was thriving. Um, she didn't need me. Elliot is going to need me home for a while because he won't take a bottle. He it's partially my fault. He's never taken a pacifier. He doesn't like a bottle. He's a straight booby baby. Um, interestingly, he's six months old. He can drink from a straw and can drink from a sippy cup, but he will not take a bottle and will not take a pacifier. And at this rate, that's fine because those are two things I won't have to wean him off of. It'll just be the boobs, which will be a hard wean for sure. Um, and that's kind of why I started a mom group, not because I needed a village, but I needed well, I guess I did need a village. I need like a group of people that were all moms who all had different experiences. Maybe they're older, maybe they're younger. Some of their kids are older, some of their kids are younger. And we could chat about the realities of motherhood, the realities that marriage looks a little bit different after having babies, especially when you have little babies. The reality is that figuring out your work-life family balance is very, very hard. Um, for the stay-at-home moms in the group, how lonely that can be and how isolating that can be and how hard it can be. Like, you know, if your husband's at work all day, it needs to come home and decompress and have alone time, but you have been alone all day. What you want to do is you want to chat and you want to share life and they want to turn off that. And it can be kind of hard to figure out that kind of balance. And I know even though Ethan and I are both home, we work in separate spaces and we operate separately daily and we do kind of chat all day about what needs to get done but we never are just chatting about things or life and it's gotten to the point where I'm like okay we need to do something or implement something so that we are talking about and then like like having a life together not just doing the life together and it can be kind of like you can get into this like weird phase where, you know, survival says, you know, you take that kid, I take this kid, and we conquer what we're doing. Um, And that's not to say that, you know, in the evening, most of the time, we're all together. But like during the day, it'll definitely be like a switch on switch off. Like I need a shower, you take the kids, I need a shower, you take the kids, you take Mia, Elliot's trying to nap. Okay, great. And like things like that. 
um, that this whole like work from home work weird year that we've had, I'm ready to get not back to normal because I don't think anything will be normal ever again, but like get into a better routine. And now that Elliot's six months old, it's like, okay, we survived the newborn days. Teething's a whole other issue right now, but we survived the newborn days. So we, we can go ahead and survive. We can go ahead and like upgrade our lives. So things are easier. For instance, if he's not needing a boob for every three hours, I can leave for two hours and go shopping and take Mia somewhere so that they can bond because you know, for a long time, it's just been like, okay, I need Elliot. And it's still very much like, okay, I need Elliot. Um, and it gets to a point where you're like, okay, dad needs to bond. And I feel like dads who have breastfeeding wives, it's a little bit harder because you can't take a night shift. Um, you can't take over a feeding and Elliot won't even take a bottle. So it's not like I could, you know, one day say here, have him for the day. Um, it's like have him for an hour or two and, you know, if that, and so I don't know the whole, it takes a village mentality. I'm just craving, I think as an extrovert, I'm also in a place where I'm ready to meet some new people and do some new things. I, I'm talking about a lot of topics, but recently I've, I got really frustrated because I felt like people were coming and going in and out of my life. Like I was a revolving door. And I, I got to a point where I told Ethan, I'm done making friends. I'm done meeting new people. I'm done with this whole journey. Okay, I'm 28 years old. I'm 27 years old. I keep saying that. I'm 27 years old. Am I 27 or 28? I'm 27. Ethan is 30. We are three years apart. I'm 28. Guys, I don't know how old I am. I am 28 because Ethan's about to be 31. I'm 28, not 27. Oh my gosh, I don't know how old I am. Anyway, I'm 28 years old. And um, I think I think I am. I was born in 93. Do the math for me. And um, I forgot what I was going to say because I forgot my age. Oh, I, I was just tired of like losing a bunch of friends. Like I, over the past 10 years, I've made a bunch of friends and then I lost a bunch of friends. And it's like, what's the point of having people come into my life if they're not going to stay? And my feelings were kind of hurt and I was mad. And then I also felt like, well, I don't want to let anyone into our lives if they're going to let me get attached to them and then they're going to leave. I have to protect my kids. And now it's like, okay, I'm fine having a bunch of casual acquaintances that can play with me but we don't need to get close. And now I'm in a weird place where it's like, how do I develop friendships to the point where they're sustainable? And how do we be okay when those friendships end? And I don't know how to be okay with that. I'm on a weird, weird season of life, y'all. So I'm hoping that through soccer, we meet a couple or we meet some friends that have kids around the same age um, that we could like hang out on a Friday evening or hang out you know, on a Saturday evening and our kids can play in each other's backyards, like, you know, once a week or something, but we don't need to get deep with it. And it can be cool and casual. That's what I really am looking for is a cool, casual relationship. Because when you go deep, it stands that the deeper you go, you know, it only takes so long before you find a flaw or something you don't like and you have a fight and you're not friends anymore. Anyway, 
So I'm hoping to just meet some cool people to chill with this summer. And I just finished wa- finished watching Big Little Lies. Oh my gosh, I love that show, guys. It's so good. I love Reese Witherspoon. Um, and I actually really love Shailene Woodley, too. And Nicole Kidman's great. The, the whole cast is amazing. Um, and, you know, I want cool mom friends. And I'm in that stage where it's like I'm ready to have play dates and mommy dates. But, you know, I used to have a group of girlfriends where it would be like three or four of us and we would go to happy hour and have a drink and talk about dating and I was engaged so it would be like dating and having a fiance and like young adult things and now I need a group of friends to have a drink with like a glass of wine and chat about momming I'm ready for that so I'm hoping I can gain that in soccer um because of so my family, when I grew up, nobody drank anything and nobody still drinks in my family, but I drink wine um, and I drink beer. I do drink, um, not like heavily, but like on the weekends or I might have a glass after dinner and uh, I'm like cool and casual. So it just feels weird when I meet people. If I'm like, when I come over for wine, I'm like trying to gauge where they're at because I also know that like people struggle with sobriety and things. So I don't want to trigger anyone. But then I also like want to know where we stand. And it's just a weird life. Everything's weird in life. That's why I only hang out with my friends from college because like, they get me. Do you guys feel like that? Like you don't have like the only people that get you are the people that have been around for a while. My college friends have been around for the past 10 years. So, yeah, I trust them. Anyway, anyway, I don't know what's going on today. So last week and this week, I kind of took a pause from everything. And I mean, anything that was not kids or work, um, because I was feeling really overwhelmed and dealing with a crisis of identity and a crisis of um, what I want to do with my life, who am I going to be and all these things. And taking that pause was really beneficial because it gave me time to reflect on what I feel is my purpose. It gave me time to reflect on um, some goals that I have for the next, you know, this year, next year, and the following years. And I feel like a lot of sometimes um, in our lives, we can kind of lose a grip or lose a sense of what we are doing and where we're going. And with like hu- with hustle culture being so prevalent, it does feel hard when you're not hustling for something. And I was watching a show, Big Little Lies, actually, and in season two, one of the, this woman um, basically says, "You seem like a wanter," and she says it to one of the main characters, and it came off kind of offensive. But as I thought, if you watch Big Little Lies, um, you know what I'm talking about. And I thought, you know, I might be a wanter. Um, and basically wanters are all like are never satisfied. Um, they always want something new, want something next. And there's people who live lives and live full and satisfying lives. And then there's people who just always want more. And it made me think about my whole entire life. And, and I had to take pause because I can be a wanter and there's nothing wrong with wanting improvement, having goals and moving in, you know, moving in a certain direction, moving in an upward direction and finding, um, you know, what you're supposed to be doing and things like that. I think it's all important, but it's also really important to live where you live now. And so 
you kind of have to do this simultaneously. And I think I talked about this last episode where you don't, and if I didn't, I talked about it recently. You don't want to ignore the stage, the place that you're in right now, because this is the only time you're going to be in it. Um, A lot of times I will cry thinking about when Mia and Elliot grow up, or I'll cry thinking about when they were babies, but there's still so much enjoyable time right now as they're little. And I, I often think about their futures and our future and my future, which there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just about being more present and being in the moment and consciously being in the moment. Something my husband can do is not worry about tomorrow. Or at least he he comes off that way. Not necessarily worry about all the things that have to get done tomorrow. Not worry about all the things that have to get done this week. But instead, say, hey, it's the weekend. I'm going to chill and let it be that. Whereas I'm like, what are we doing? Where are we going? What's going on? And it's like nothing has to be going on for life to be good. And also, you don't need to be like an elite member of society, like a one percenter for life to be good. I think about people, um, a lot of people who I've known who have less than me and people have more than me. And I think about what I have and how grateful I am to have one, the husband that I do and the kids that I do and the life that I do have. And, um, it's just important that if you're a wanter like me, like always planning, always searching, always seeking for the next thing. One day you're going to realize you didn't live life. You didn't enjoy life. And I always think about when my kids are older and I think back to these years. Yes, they're hard. Oh my gosh, they're hard. And people who say, you're going to miss this. We talked about them before. Like, yeah, but I'm not going to miss the lack of sleep. Um, I just really want to take it all in. It's really important that you only get to raise your kids once. So it's important for me to take it all in, smell all the smells. Something I do that's kind of gross and kind of weird is I smell Elliot's breath because it's still that baby milk smell. And I I love that. It's like my favorite smell. Maybe all moms feel this way. It's just my favorite smell. It's just so good and so cute. And then one day it changes because they start eating food and it doesn't smell so good to sniff their breath. Um, (laughs) And so just like little things like that. And remembering right now he'll cuddle and his little hand lays on my chest. And Mia will cuddle sometimes, but like not always. And so she's still a baby to me. Um, I mean, she's a big kid, but she's still a baby in a lot of ways. And I really want to enjoy this age where she's almost three and she's really smart. She understands a ton of things, but she's funny because she's a kid. And so... It's just about being in the moment and also being grateful for what you do have. There are so many people in the world that have less. And I think being aware of that and, you know, writing down what you're grateful for every day can help put things into reality and into perspective. I am thankful that I was able to, you know, not have to try hard to get pregnant, had a boy and a girl, had safe, successful, healthy pregnancies and deliveries with no complications, really. Um, there were some like minimal health issues with my second pregnancy, but nothing too scary. My kids are healthy and they're smart and they're fine. My dad, uh, my biological dad had autistic children. That's something I really worried about for my kids. Um, and they're healthy and they're, they're fine. Um, as far as that goes, but just being aware of, you know, things could have been really different. And also, 
I feel like right now we live in like a small house. It's not a big house by any means, but it really is the perfect size for us because I, you know, it's important that I'd be able to see the kids where they are. We don't need more space. We could use more space. I would like more space. And obviously when we go ahead and we we buy our forever home and it's cool and stuff, it's going to be much bigger than this. But for what we have, it's it's much more than some people have. And it's much more than we had, you know, a year ago. A year ago, right around now, we were getting ready to move. So just thinking about we've been in this house for a year, you know, it's a lot more than we had even a year ago. And just being grateful for the fact we have a house that has stairs. Like we lived in an apartment before we had stairs, but it was to go up to our unit. It wasn't to go up to our bedroom. It's just little things like that, where it's like, Brittany, you always wanted stairs. You have stairs. Um, which sounds silly, but it's, it's really about, I don't know. I'm talking about all this introspection and things like that, but I do feel like in life, because we're human, we get unsatisfied. And I saw a post like, kids these days are wanting to kill themselves because they don't have Bentleys by 25 and or 22 and they aren't like balling and you know they're not like working for themselves and all these things and it's great I have ambitions to work for myself but if nobody worked for anyone else nothing we would have nothing we wouldn't have like all the things we have right we wouldn't have a healthcare system we wouldn't have um, benefits. We wouldn't have all of the, li- like literally I ordered a ton of storage containers and organized my pantry. We wouldn't have people to deliver those um, storage containers, to even create those storage containers, to post online that you can buy these things. Like it's okay to have ambition and it's okay to be like, I'm hustling to get there. But as you're hustling, remind yourself to take pause. And you can do that by maybe Every day at a certain time, you turn the hustle off and you turn the family on. Or every day at a certain time, you, um, you know, say, this is my family hour. Or you set a reminder at lunch. Okay, before I even eat my lunch, I'm going to list out everything I'm grateful for. Um, Or you do it in the morning. If you don't have time first thing in the morning, like if your mornings are chaotic, but your kids go to school or something like that, or they take a nap, like set the timer for that time. Um, or spend a day of the week on no social media. Like that's my new thing is on Sundays, I'm not opening social media. I'm not checking Facebook. I'm not checking Instagram. I don't count Snapchat as social media because the only people I snap are my, my husband and then my best friend, my two best friends. And so like, if I, if they send me a snap, I'll check it. But I'm not like, it's not something you just check for fun. Um, and it's time to turn on the gratitude. Do something with your family. Go for a walk. Um, turn off the TV. Play a board game and be present because those moments when you can just say, hey guys, let's do this are limited. My mom can't just be like, hey guys, let's do this. And then I'm there. I don't live with her anymore. You know, I'm a grown up now. She can call me and say, hey, right next weekend, do you want to have game night and blah, 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 blah. And we could plan it out. But you know, the ability to just walk into your kid's room and say, hey, what's up? That That's not there forever. And so I don't want anyone to get emotional about one day your kids grow up and they leave you and all these things. But it's it's the, the cycle of life. And 
I don't know, just being aware that these moments are so precious. Even like the small moments of, hey, your kid is sleeping in the morning and you pick them up to get them ready for school. Like that's so sweet time before they're teenagers and like mad at you. Um, and even this time with Elliot, like he's still waking up to nurse. I think he's going through a growth spurt, the six month growth spurt right now though. Um, quite a bit. And I get annoyed. But I know one day nursing ends. And that's kind of like why when um, <clears throat> I always have the perspective of time, which has always been my aid. Because like the newborn days and the colicky days, I knew, you know, right, it's turning six o'clock. It's over. Um, that's a wrap for the night. We can't go anywhere. Can't do anything. No one can come over. He's going to cry until nine or 10 or 11. <laughs> like it's just the way it is. Um, and it was hard and I would get frustrated and I would just bounce on the ball and pray, or I would just give him a boob and he would fall asleep for five minutes and then wake up. And then I would think I'm trying to put him to sleep too soon, but he's a baby and all these things, but it gets better. It's over. Those, now he gets fussy at seven o'clock and he goes to bed. He eats and goes to sleep. And so anyway, I just wanted to say all that because it's important and all. And that's all, folks. This episode ran pretty long, but I just wanted to say all the things that I said, and I just want to thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Mom Uncensored, on TikTok at C Mom Uncensored, and on YouTube at Christian Mom Uncensored. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to DM me, and I will talk to you guys next week. Happy Thursday!